your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by Alex Johnson, James Boyman, and Ryan Williams. Welcome back to the American Toffee Podcast. This is Alex joined by Ryan coming to you shortly after the Everton versus Forest match at Goodison Park, which ended in a 1-1 draw and sees Everton pick up their first point of the new season. Um, before we hop into the post-match episode, as always, you know, follow our social media accounts. Um, if you like listening to the show, please leave a like, a rating, a review. All of our links can be found at link tr.ee slash USA Toffee Pod. Um, also, join our Discord. We've got a really big, amazing community. They're constantly active. A lot of good banter going on during uh, match days. And that is at invite.gg slash ATP. Um, you can also find all these links in the description. So check it out below if you need to. Um, otherwise, let's hop into instant reactions from some of our friends in Discord. Uh, Robert Morrison with the first one. Gosh. That wasn't pretty, but it was much needed point to get on the board. Still lots of holes in this team. Striker and a true number six chief among them, but it was crucial not to lose the first three matches. We also had A.A. Ron wants another nine. I kind of liked where his head was at. He said, you could make a case that we'd have seven to nine points right now if we had a decent striker playing. I think that's maybe a little true, but whatever it takes to sleep at night, I think uh, sometimes we need a little bit of uh, optimism. That's a little strong. I mean... Don't you, I a little strong? I stand with AA Ron. All right. Um, <laughs> so got I've got Anchor Menhandia out there at Menhandia, who's also active on the Discord too. He's he's a great dude and very insightful, actually, very pretty technical. And his comment is a striker would be nice, but I thought the main problem was build up play. Honestly, too many through balls that didn't get well through. We do seem tough to break down, though, so it's not all gloom and doom. And and I think I'm with him on that one. I mean, yes, you could sit there and say, we need a striker. We need a striker. Well, we played a striker today, and we didn't really use him all that well. So, And we didn't play a striker much last week, and we looked much better when we had one. So I, I get it. I get it. But in the Premier League, there aren't teams that play a single center forward that have like three or four center forwards on their roster. You normally have two. And you have some guys that are adaptable that can play. Now, do we need some better attacking players? Yes, Alex, of course. Um, It does look like we had quite a few score predictions, right? I don't know what that says, because I think normally we're relatively optimistic. Or have we been beaten down at this point? I don't know, man. Maybe this is considered optimistic nowadays. I'm not sure. Against a newly promoted side at at home, of course. But uh, yeah, we had five correct this week. We had Nick Weinstein. And this is on the Discord, by the way. um, HYE soccer guy. Optimisty Oppie, Edom, and Pumas. And a right amount one, of Pumas one. is what he is now. It used to be oh, too okay. many Pumas, but now we have an oh. appropriate amount of Pumas. All things are better balanced. I, I don't know how many Pumas that is, though, and I think we really probably owe it to him to ask. Um, by the way, had Tony Sampson still been doing his guess every week, 1-1, one, one, he would have been right today. <laughs> like, for the one time ever. Um yeah, I, he look, had to stop playing the lottery this week. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that's the one he's kicking himself now. Um, yeah, I think we need to tally these and come up with like some sort of year end award or something. But we um, probably should. We should. I think that'd be fun. It'd be interesting. Pumas, I think, would have won last year. But anyway, um, and then maybe he'd have more Pumas. I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the forest lineup a little bit, too. Uh, the only change they really had was uh, Niakati was out 
Uh, he came out, I think he was injured in the 79th last week, came out. Steve Cook came in for him, starts today in the middle. Um, Morgan Gibbs White, of course, signs early enough to make the team sheet. And he's a he's a really good player that we were very interested in. Couldn't get it done. Uh, Emmanuel Dennis is on there, too, that everyone thinks is the next coming of um you know, world beating striker for some reason. But anyway, uh, those two do, do make the team a lot better, but kind of look at that midfield and O'Brien and Mangala, I think was a really good player at Stuttgart. I liked him, but I, I don't think it's that strong. I think they're requiring on Lingard to do a lot. He's kind of playing behind uh, the two strikers. If you call Brendan Johnson, a striker, who's a fantastic player. But yeah, I think that's what you look at when you look at this lineup. You're like, you can get to that back line and through that midfield a little bit. Um, Everton lineup was, Curious. I feel like it's been curious the last couple of weeks too. Um, so I'm curious your take on it, Alex. Yeah, it, it, there were some parts that were predictable, uh, mostly the defense because we don't have many options. Defense stayed unchanged, so we did not see any Michael Keane once again. I'm not sure what that says, but I think the fans are thanking Frank for that one at least. We had a double pivot of of Awobi and Davies. Maybe not surprising because of the fact that Davies, I think, did really well um, last week when he came on for Ducore instead. But the front was was more interesting than anything. We had Rondon come in for a start, which I think everyone was probably happy about that that Gordon at the False Nine experiment experiment was not working. But the interesting thing was that that dropped Dwight McNeil to the bench. So we started with Gordon and Gray on the flanks. It was an interesting choice, but I wonder what you thought about you know whether whether it should have been McNeil that dropped to the bench or not because. You know, we've been talking about how Gordon and Gray both have have started kind of meh in the league this year. Although, you know, Frank has been the one that's been taking McNeil off the last past game, you know, the last two games at what, 60 minutes or so. Yeah, I'm concerned a little bit about set pieces is the first thing. Um, I, I, we, a lot of people don't think Gordon and Gray can play together. I think my initial reaction was I, I, I think they are a little bit too similar. I think it's also tricky too. You got Mikalenko and, and Patterson are kind of unbalanced, whereas Patterson really likes to get forward. So does that make sense to put Gordon on his side where Gordon, I think, needs the space in front of him? I think Gray is probably better tucking in and McNeil might be even better. I, I don't know. Both those guys. I mean, so I put up some numbers. First of all, I think no one on is fine, too. I, I don't know why people are so angry about that. People were saying people at Goodison were really upset that Davies was starting. I don't get that at all. He's just a kid, man. Like he started. Well, Frank said it. Yeah, Frank said he wasn't match fit and that he wanted to ease him in over the next couple of weeks. He said that in his pre-match um, press conference for this for this game and we'll get to when he was subbed in why maybe that that wasn't the perfect combination with Alex but anyway so I posted this midweek um, and I, I think it was interesting I posted a bunch of numbers and that's great and all but the most important numbers that I posted I think was the turnover one where we were like 19th in, pro in progressive carries and 18th most in the final third and like zero shot created actions off the dribble um, and our turnovers, I mean, with third most, which you wouldn't be like, eh, it's not that big a deal because a lot of people turn the ball over because they create chances. But I mean, compared to how many touches we had, we had like a miscontrol or a dispossession every 15.9 touches. And that was first by a mile in the league. So I was looking forward to us maybe reducing those. I was even hoping maybe Alon was healthy and we could push a Wobie in because I think a Wobie does a better job of valuing the ball. And and to me, the turnovers, it's really Gray and Gordon. And Gray and Gordon are averaging a turnover in less than every fifth touch in the first two matches. And that's fourth and sixth worst for players with any significant mi minutes in the entire league. Gordon's receiving percentage is like 11th in the Premier League. It's terrible. And he's only received eight progressive passes. So it's not like he's way up the pitch. So he's struggling. Again, that's him playing center forward though, right? So 
okay, Rondon in there, maybe it looks a little bit different. And I mean, I don't, I didn't see anything, Alex. I don't know what you think about the shape that was overly disturbing or, or poor. Did you, I mean, it looked okay. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I thought it looked okay. I, you know, I don't know that we used the width of the pitch as much as we really could. You know, I, th- I thought that, you know, Mikalenko more so Patterson, I saw him make good runs pretty consistently. I think we've seen this over the last couple of matches to be fair, in which maybe the team doesn't find him. Um, so I really do feel like we could have used the width from the fullbacks better. Um, but otherwise the shape itself as a whole, I think it was fine. And, you know, we'll obviously get into it into the timeline, but you know, we saw in the first X amount of minutes that it was working out. Yeah. And look, I mean, it will be, most of the attacks went down the left. I think it was 42% of the attacks down the left. And it felt like that. I mean, Awobi led the team in touches with 68, Mikalinko was 64. So they were getting the ball a lot, but, but you see Mikalinko's a little hesitant to go forward. I agree. I don't think we use the width very well, but that being said, if you're going to play that three, four, three, the best way to get your wingbacks into the play is to control the ball a little bit. And the thing is, if they're sitting back when we were controlling the ball and that was early, um, you, you need numbers up there. I mean, if they're sitting back with the back three and their wingbacks pulled back and two defensive mids, normally it was one defensive mid. And we'll talk about that in a second. You need numbers. And so if your wingbacks aren't in there, who's there. And right. I think that's impendent upon those wings, Gordon and gray, ultimately to tuck inside and hold the ball. And I think Frank has him so charged up trying to play. Gray doesn't play directly, but then he's missing guys and Gordon maybe plays too directly. I don't know. It's just so much is on them though. You know what I mean? So much is on them. Um, And we're going to get into the timeline in a second here, but I want to break very quickly for a nice word from our sponsors. Okay. So let's get into the match a little bit. First things first, how crazy was the wind? It was, it was nuts. You could see the ball was, you know, just absolutely flying in the air and it was like being held up like, like nothing and physics were not right today. Yeah, Awobi's hair was like flopping around when he was standing. So I was like, that's not, that's weird. Um, yeah, look, I mean, Forrest are playing a little bit of a higher back line at times. Uh, we kept trying to go over the top two, and I think that's harder when it's windy. But look, the first 15, 16 minutes through the 16th minute, I mean, it was all Everton. I mean, it was something like, I think our possession was 68.7%, 89% pass success versus only 65 for them. Four to zero in shots. I mean, I saw composure and speed with passing through the middle and and we had some pressure. We had some chances. I mean, it's it was interesting, but it it was honestly, it was the hottest start I've seen from Everton in a while in terms of, you know, the first opening sequence. I thought we looked really solid. I don't know about you guys, but I, I constantly watch, you know, the training videos that the club post. And in this opening sequence, I saw a lot of the passing um, plays specifically around the defense and the interchange with like Gray and Gordon and Rondon and, and Awobi specifically um, make it out from the training pitch on. And and I thought that really contributed to it. You could tell that there was a game plan at times. But I'm curious, Ryan, your take as to why we looked so fluid in the first, you know, 16 minutes. I mean, other than obviously, as I mentioned, they, they were very specifically trained or drilled for for some of these, you know, passages of play. I mean, sometimes they're just on it, right? I mean, it's not yeah. science. You know? Fired just... up for Goodison Park, you said. Yeah, the spirit? yeah I mean, no. oh. You said it. Mark the time. I did not say spirit. That is not. <laughs> um, but okay, fired up. Did. Is that spirit? Yeah, maybe. You know, now I'm like, did I say that? Um, <laughs> well, I think there are some structural things that we took advantage of. I think their back line was maybe a little hesitant to push up as high as they wanted. I think there was some space in front of it. And I think if you look at a lot of our chances, it happened in front of their back three. I think Mangala got caught up a little bit 
in the middle and O'Brien was out there to deal with a lot of space. And that's what we exploited. I mean, there were some fouls too, where they had to foul us because they didn't want us running in behind. Uh, God, that free kick in the second minute. Davies missed that one. Holgate gets tackled there, by the way, which I, I mean, we're never going to get that call. Of course, um, the level, lovely little give and go with gray, like Alex, that's like the training drill, you know, where yep. Gordon just takes a bad touch when he gets into the box or else maybe he's got a chance there. Um, Oh yeah. Davies had another one from Gordon where Gordon it wasn't the best pass, but he was open. He was exploiting that space in front of the back line and Gordon cracks one just left. And, and you had a Gordon stinger and a great tight shot, like within 30 seconds of each other in the 14th minute, like both right in between the lines in that gap. And ultimately, I think Forrest adjusted. I don't know if they adjusted so much structurally, but we saw a big difference, you know, from the 16th minute all the way to half, really. I mean, so you remember that yellow on Worrell for trying to run behind him, right? Yep, um, that was his second foul that I thought probably deserved a yellow, by the way. Yeah, good point. And then what we had, the free kick. And then Davies, he's got to do a little better on that one, right? I mean, I think for sure. But it was kind of from that point on. We still had chances, though. We still had chances, but... Force changed. I mean, it was 61% possession for them. This is the time period where Gordon just kind of fell apart. I mean, we had, yep. we had, so at this point, it was four dispossessions for Everton, zero for Forrest. I feel like all the way to the half. And Gordon had three of them. Um, their pass success rate was 80%, six to three in shots. Like, here's the one that ki- kills me 10 tackles to three from the 16th minute to half, but they had 61% of the ball. <laughs> Couldn't touch him, could we? I mean, it, it it ended up, you know, turning into a really chippy first half towards the end. Um, but I'm curious because I don't know what it was. It I don't know if it was nerves. I mean, they started so hot. They looked so confident. And next thing you know, as you said, I, I got really frustrated that because, you know, the three dispossessions for Gordon specifically happened within like four or five minutes of each other in total. It, it was it was just mind boggling to watch. And I think I think a lot of it just comes down to lack of focus and in some moments, too, um, for all of them, not just him specifically. I think the numbers are going to look worse. You know, that's who scores numbers for this. I think it's going to look bad because of how many times he turned it over. So I went and rewatched the match as I tend to do. And it was every bit as bad as we thought. The thing is, we're still creating chances, though. That's the funny part. But we just lack control. So what I saw them do is really they took the air out of the ball like they really, I think, just started passing the ball back. And, um, you know, we weren't willing to really come out totally out of our shell. We were kind of playing that, you know, five, four, one for the most part, you know, without the ball. And really it was just a lot of passing from the goalie to the center backs. And they dropped their wing backs a little bit to kind of outnumber us. And, and, and look, you know, we gave them space and it was interesting when we packed, when we pushed our back lineup, they played it back. And so whenever they crossed midfield, you could tell when we put a little pressure on them, their wide center halves were open and they had space there that they could kind of just kick it back to and and relax. And, and I think while it didn't create a ton of chances for them, I think it slowed down the match a little bit. It did get a little chippy. I think, um, I think one big difference too, I think they pushed their back up their back line a little higher. And I think suddenly now you've, you've closed that gap that you have to defend. And so in transition, I think they were going after the ball a little bit better. They had better shape. It's just less space to defend. Well, do you so think, think do you think they felt comfortable doing that because of the wind? Because of how hard it was for us to play over the top? I don't think that's the only reason, but maybe that was a factor. I mean, maybe we're giving him a little credit for that. But I, I think the shape was maybe a little off anyway. Um, but look, I, I think I think there I will say this. It's a lot easier to defend when you have control of the ball when you lose it. What I mean is if you have shape. Like if you've got the ball and you're passing it back and forth in the back, everyone's got time to get in wherever they need to be. And so look. 
even if you lose it, if you're in shape and you're balanced, you're at least set up to defend right away. I know that's a little bit kind of conservative, but that's how a lot of the top clubs play. So I, I think that was part of it, you know, and, and we didn't come out after them. And I'm not saying we should or shouldn't have, but I really think that was part of it. And and so, I mean, I don't know about you. I thought getting to half was last couple of minutes of the half were a little bit nerve wracking. I, I was pretty relieved that we got to it. Zero, zero. Yeah. It, it felt like another halftime in which we're saying, okay, get into the changing room, regroup, iron out some details because it needs to be a completely different second half. Um, and that is what we saw for better or for worse. Yeah. And I wasn't really expecting us to, I, like, I don't necessarily want us to sit on the ball and take the air out of it. Like the way they were too. Um, but you got to have some composure on it and look, you're either going to pressure them or you're just going to concede it to them. And you could argue, well, they didn't create any chances. Well, he still outshot a six to three and, and we, we created some, but not enough. But anyway, so we get through halftime. We came out, I was expecting some sort of adjustment, but I mean, it really wasn't much. I mean, you know, the first 15 minutes or so, I mean, we had a couple shots. Um, we, we weren't really dispossessed and we had a little bit of control here. Um, but I'm curious. I, I just, the subs were, I'm not saying we look great. So I'm not denying that subs w- wasn't a bad idea, but were these the right subs? I mean, the, were you a little surprised when you saw the numbers go up? Yes. So, so here's what I will say. I find it funny that, you know, the first two matches were like, ah, all the, you know, three sub windows, we've got injuries. Why are you not making a double sub? Why are you not using more of your subs? Um, you know, he makes a pretty, he makes a pretty early double substitution, right? In the, uh, what is it? The 57th minute. Yeah. And that sees Onana and McNeil come on for Rondon and Davies, which I thought was surprising. Um, A, because, you know, you see McNeil coming on up in the front. So we know that we're going to see the front three that we've seen in the first two matches, which really did not work too well at all. Um, and B, I thought it once again, you know, Davies had a pretty good match. Uh, we know that, you know, Onana wasn't necessarily fit, but fine. You know, on the face value of it, whatever, do what you got to do. I think it was extremely interesting that we then see McNeil slot in the false nine role instead of Gordon. Although I think anyone probably would have done a better job than Gordon. Yeah. I, well, maybe not uh, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> well, maybe well, not. I mean, so what do you think he's guessing here? So my, my guess is my guess is that he's thinking, okay, there's a little more fluidity up top and I can put a little more pressure on him. I've heard people saying that, well, Rondon's not fit. H- how is that possible? Like, is that a plausible reason? I, I don't I mean, do we, is that real? I have no idea. We, ha- I mean, we haven't heard anything, but he also hasn't really gotten many minutes. Um, you know, I but think like, I, you know, I, I'll say like, you know, there, there could be a difference between being, you know, 60 minutes fit and 90 minutes fit. But I would also argue that, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I get, I don't know I'm that I would have taken him off that early. I mean, this is the same guy that would played, you know, 73 minutes and 82 minutes for friendlies in Venezuela in June. So like, can he, are we saying he's less fit two months later? I, I don't see, there was no evidence when I watched that I felt like he was falling off. And if anything, actually, I felt like we did a terrible job getting him the ball. I mean, there were a couple of times where oh, yeah. he, he had the center half sealed and there was massive gaps between him and the midfielders behind him. And Sometimes that's an issue with the three, four, three, you know, you want to pinch in those guys up front to kind of fill in those gaps or pull in one of the midfielders. And we just missed him. I mean, I feel like we never went, we never went to feet with him though, either. No, no. And I remember one time we did, he had one little click and, and smacked it, just missed the post on the left. Now don't get me wrong. In that instance, should have got his head up and played Gordon in, but like, you know, you know, he touches yet. 12. And he's got a deceptively good touch too. I have to give it to him. He really does. He can hold the ball up and and take care of it in that regard. 
Yeah, so it doesn't that's, make sense. Yeah, he's not going to run in behind, and I get no. it. Maybe they're pushing the high line up, and Frank's thinking McNeil makes good runs in behind, I guess. Although I, I would argue he, he, I'd rather have him make those runs from in behind on the right side, you know what I mean, and fill in with the true false nine. So I don't get that at all. No Delhi. So my thought is I think that's a pretty good, strong hint that there's a good chance he's going to go. Uh, but look, I, this made, I thought this was the tactical, uh, if you call subs purely tactical, decision in the match. Because look, from the 57th minute when we made that sub to the 82nd, and you know what happened there, 73 in shots by Forrest, 59.4% possession. And again, it wasn't domination by any stretch, but this is Forrest playing in Goodison. Like, I, I felt like this, our shape was confused. McNeil made one or two runs. McNeil was, he had a couple just awful passes and touches today but so did gordon playing that role because it's not a comfortable one for him so i I just i don't i don't get it really i don't understand why salman didn't just continue and sure enough in what the 82nd minute Forrest went up one nothing now look i'm not going to say this goal was due to purely sustained pressure but when morgan gibbs gibbs white came into the match they had someone that was a real runner really active in in the final third and they had a couple chances and a couple looks at this point I'm not going to say I was shocked that they scored. I, what do you think about this goal? I mean, I feel like Awobi probably could close him down a little bit better here. Uh, I felt like there were times where when they had the ball in our final third, we got really deep. And that's not the worst thing to stay compact. But if you know you got three guys behind you, go out. You got to go out and get them, right? But I guess that's just what you get with. And do we think Awobi and Onana is the right mix? No, probably not. I mean, so so that is, in my mind, the Onana sub... Um was really what kind of contributed to the fact that we lost control of the match at that point, right? Because it went essentially Forrest way from that point moving forward. You know, we saw he lost the ball very quickly, just like he did, you know, on his um, on his brief stint, the very first match um, that he was available for. And it's not a surprise, right? You've said it before. A lot of people have said it sure. before. He's going to need time to get used to the speed of the match. Um, but he was, you know, he didn't look that sharp. I, I, I have to say that it, yellow. I think- that right. yellow is a killer too. That doesn't help him. <laughs> right. The rugby tackle. I mean, you know, I, I, I feel confident in saying, you know, that that's an example of where, you know, you, you should have let Davies play another 20 minutes there. I, I don't see why Davies couldn't have, um, he wasn't doing poorly, but it, you know, it's good to see Onana, you know, come out nonetheless. No, I, I think, look, if you want to change the game, you can change it in by changing up your attackers. I get that. I can't believe he didn't sub Gordon off, though. I mean, he just wasn't on it today, you know? No. And the thing is, Anthony played better in the second half, too. I don't want to trash him at all. But the first half, he was... And the thing is, I don't believe in necessarily yanking someone at half just because they've had a bad half. I believe in sending them back out there when they're fresh again and telling them to do their thing. I still like him running against tired legs, but how many times do you got to say this on this podcast? I'll say this, though. I mean, I didn't... Did you have a feeling this was coming? Because after they scored... Well, first of all, does Pickford have to do better here? Yeah, of course he does, right? I mean, he, he knocks it right in the path. Like, it was it was nowhere near off to the side as it needed to be, and it ended up being a simple tap-in, which is um, unfortunate. But, well, it was it was a well-placed tap-in. Let me say that. I won't I won't discount it to that regard. Uh, Brenda Johnson shows some composure. I get it. But, I mean, yeah, I think you got to <laughs> do better here. you got to knock it out wide, wide to the goal. I mean, and, and surely that should have been in his field of vision, too. I mean, yeah. so I... I it's disappointing. I mean, I'm not saying it's the worst play you've ever seen, but it is the type of play that can cost you points. And I think it did. Now, again, it's I don't like blaming the goalie for everything. You know, it's kind of ridiculous. He kind of redeemed himself here in a little bit, too. But, but kind of. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Right. And so, look, I mean, at that point. But here's the thought. Like, look, I, I rewatched the match and I agree. I still think we had kind of the better chances at this point. But they they had outshot us after the goal. I mean, by one. 
I mean, from the 16th minute to the 82nd minute, we still had a lot of chances, some of them offset pieces, but they had better control of the match at home. So I just, you know, uh, it's a little disappointing, I think, uh, the response before the 82nd minute. Because at the 82nd minute, I mean, look, they say it back, but we went crazy. I mean, it was like 71, 7 to 1 in shots, 67.6% possession, only one corner, of course, but like we were all over them. But ironically, the goal still didn't come from any sort of sustained pressure in, in the defensive third. And I have to admit, this was basically like a big, you know, shout out to the pod. Not that Pickford was, Pickford hoofed the ball several times today, which was totally unnecessary, I think. But, but it wasn't that bad. I think he was like seven for 17 in long ball. So that's, that's not horrendous. But this long ball was something special. It was fantastic, right? I mean, it was it was very simple. Gray over the top. It was perfectly placed for him. Gray had a really good touch and a very, very composed finish. We got to give it to him on that one because, you know, we haven't seen him maybe finish the best uh, all the time. And, and it's those moments, just as you say, right? You know, when, when Pickford, six minutes previously, that tiny bit of moment in which he could have just uh, blocked it further to the right. I mean, same concept, right? It's it's those moments in which, you know, a finish like that, you know, gains you your first point of the season. So um, it was a really nice combination play. And I, I, I just have to say, I have to throw this in here before uh, before we move on. The Pickford long ball thing in which, you know, you say maybe he didn't have to. Didn't he watch Tarkowski about three times receive the ball out on the left side and just get absolutely run through and dispossessed? There was that one. Did he feel, did he feel, uh, did he feel very confident in that ability? So so it was just like everything. Right after Gordon had turned the ball over three times, that sequence where Tark Tark (laughs) gives it away. And you know, what's the worst part about that. He gives it away on a bag pass where he tries to kick it over to Holgate. He runs dead across the pitch towards the ball carrier. Doesn't check his shoulder. Brendan Johnson is, I mean, standing in, you should, if you go see it 31st minute, he's standing in 30 yards of space inside the box all you have to do is chip it to him he could have trapped it he could have done a couple you know la croquetas he could have maybe flipped it up did a couple juggles and hit it in the corner i mean it's like what are you doing tark totally lost his composure uh, granted a then just gets absolutely murdered with no call like are you kidding that was re- anyway sorry i'm just i'm, I'm rambling <laughs> here uh but no on the long balls look we had 74 long balls and look part of that's a byproduct of us trying to play it over the top four offsides you do not see that very often from an Everton team. So part of it was win. Part of it was just we weren't good on it. Holgate was three of nine for long balls. Wobi was three of nine. I, that seems like a weird number to me because I don't remember a misplacing too many. But there were a couple through balls, longer balls that yep. not necessarily him. You know, and this isn't all just the passer. I mean, the receiver takes responsibility for making runs to catch the ball. Miko was one for five and Davies was, was zero for five. So so the longer passes to getting over the top wasn't working. That being said, is Solomon Rondon the guy you want to throw it under? I mean, I think you're better off coming in, playing in between the lines and throwing it through the lines. There was one play where I thought maybe Dominic Calvert-Lewin, if he runs onto it, he's got it that Rondon didn't get. Yep. There was another play too, where McNeil didn't run forward where he should have because he's not a center forward. But anyway, um, okay. <laughs> XG philosophy uh, gave it Everton 1.07 and Forrest 1.02. So it was pretty even I hate single game XG, but we throw it out there, right? That's what we do. Um, I've seen some more lopsided numbers from other um, XG calcs. We outshot them 19 to 14. I mean, 12 of those 19 shots, though, Gordon and Gray, six of them each. So I'm leading here, of course. But let's get into the individual performances. Um, 
you know, Alex, why don't we hit your good first and then we'll do my good and then lead into the bad. How about that? So my good is going to be gray. I thought he was very lively today. Quite direct. He had six shots, as you mentioned, three of them on target, a couple key passes. You know, you mentioned in the lineup earlier about, you know, McNeil being on the bench and and that made you kind of nervous in regards to set plays and free kicks. But surprisingly, Gray was quite good at him. We just didn't capitalize. That was, you know, a shout out. I think Davies like twice, won the early free kick and won, you know, the corner on the back. And that was probably what in the first 15 minutes, I believe. He had a couple dribbles. He wasn't dispossessed at all, and he only had two bad touches. So in regards to ball retention, that's a a huge positive movement for him from match to match. Well, there are a couple times he tucked it inside. Like he was when he was tucking inside, he was taking care of the ball. That being said, he's got to release the ball sometimes. You know what I mean? Because there were opportunities he missed. I think it was one for 12 in crosses. Not a lot of that was him, though. I mean, like you said, Alex, there was one. There was one, I think, corner was later in the second half where it literally went through everyone. And I'm like, right. how does the ball where that landed? And look, the wind was brutal. I mean, McNeil hit one in the side net. And McNeil is truly, truly excellent on on corners. Uh, I mean, Alex Wobie to me was was the good um, in many ways, the only good. Uh, <laughs> look, he led the team with four key passes, um, two dribbles, also tied for the lead. He had two tackles and interception. He was just the most tidy player on the pitch. And he missed some longer passes at the end. But again, I'll say it a million times. He's not a defensive man. I mean, he's almost playing as a six and I get it. I understand why Frank needs to do it. He doesn't have a lot of options right now. It's a shame that Alon is not healthy. I hope he gets healthy. Maybe he'll get a run in the cup match. It just would make such a big difference on this team. I think if you had a Wobie in one of those wide positions, they're not really wide positions anyway. He just tucks in the half space, play in the half space and left half space where he just thrives and have someone else to deal with kind of the more possession-based movement. You know what I mean? Alon is terrific at containing the ball, moving it up the field. Uh, I hope he gets healthy. This also could be solved by having a proper defensive mid. So we'll talk about that in a second. But look, so the bad. Um, you know, you don't like to call people out. I mean, I thought the lack of control of the match was a problem. I, I was, pr- I mean, James Tarkowski had some bad moments today, let's be honest. And, and, he was six for 10 for long ball. So that was good. But his overall passing was like at 64% is really bad. Some of that was the clearances. He had four clearances. He had to tackle an interception, but like, I think it's worth asking the question as concerned as I was about Connor Cody playing in an isolated back three. Um, when, when, and if the wingbacks would ever get up the field, um, I, I Tark makes me Tark is not his strong suit is not open field defending. Um, but I felt like he was not confident on the ball either today. He certainly did not inspire confidence, would you say? No, I, I got to agree with that. Um, it, you know, it was probably his, you know, uh, less positive appearance for Everton thus far. But I mean, you know, there there are always positive signs. I think he did, you know, well in previous match days. I uh, I don't necessarily have a bad other than, you know, moments that we've talked about. If I had to give a bad, I'd, I'd, I'd say, you know, a general... Um, you know, our forward, our forward play, but we've got, you know, some, some comments from Twitter that I thought were good. So I'm going to throw those in there instead. And, and we've got RuPaul Pogba at Bossman Jr. He said, loving the Onana roller coaster, pure chaos, did not enjoy the Tarkowski roller coaster. So pretty much echoed your sentiments and, and mine earlier about Onana. Yeah, I mean, that's what you get, you know, with the young player sometimes, too. And that's why you need to put him in a, in a position to succeed. I think the early yellow was problematic for him. Um, if he felt like he was in a role where he was going to tackle more or be able to run with the ball more, suddenly that takes away from some of your aggressiveness. And I, I thought it was fairly obvious there were times where he was 
not sure what the heck to do positionally. And that is what I saw at Lil. There were times, I think he's terrific with the ball. He's good up a little bit higher. He's great at making decisions and keeping the ball and finding the open guy. There was a throw in on our right side, Patterson side, where Onana comes to the ball and just standing there, kind of on the top of the 18th in the corner. And I'm like, there's no one there. What are you doing? And Awobi comes all the way over on the other side, too, to pick up the player behind him. And there's just no communication there whatsoever. And sure enough, what happens? The ball gets dumped in and passed directly square across the 18 behind Awobi. And I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, guys, come on. <laughs> That's not. Um, and, and he'll get better. You know what I mean? I, I really like him as a player, but those are his issues, you know, and, and that's why I think putting him with like a Ghana would be nice. So um, Casey Griffin at C underscore Griff three, one, four. Not sure if it's a hot take, but Gordon has been our worst player this year. Lampard refusing to drop or even sub him is worrying. Front three movement was awful after Rondon subbed. Striker will solve some, but goals are going to be a major issue this year. Is that harsh, Alex? I don't know if it's harsh or not. I mean, I think it's pretty accurate. Um, I think it could be argued in favor. You know, all of his points are are pretty solid. It, <laughs> I don't like reading the last line in, in regards to goals are going to be a major issue, whether we sign a striker or not. But he's probably right there, too. I, I mean, look, Anthony had you know six shots. Five of them were on target. Um, maybe they weren't the best shots. Uh, there was one I thought which was decent. And and look, I, I'm seeing a kid that I think has a little more composure with the ball, three key passes. But uh, I mean, <laughs> the dispossessions, man, like he really hurt us in the first half. He played much better in the second. I mean, it's he, he did redeem himself a little bit, but you're just dealing with a kid that is still young, still figuring out. But I, I tweeted this out there. He's got to get his head up. Like, I, I'm sorry. This is the Premier League. You know, this isn't the PL2. Like when you are going to receive the ball in an advanced position, you're going to have pressure. There's going to be someone around you. It's too fast a game. You have to check your shoulder or look up first. And you saw, how many times did you see it today where he immediately got it, took a touch yep. in order to now look up yep. like, like you cannot do that. That is so fundamental. And you see when his head is up, he's quite effective because he can deliver a ball. He can shoot. I mean, he wasn't precise today, um, but, and, and I'll tell you what too. I just, I like him on the left. You saw on the right, he made a great move cutting inside and his shot was so bad with the left foot. That was a great play where he took advantage of the space that was there. Just couldn't finish. I just, again, I just don't look this. This is going to sound really harsh, but I'm going to say it anyway. We didn't score a lot of goals last year. And if you notice all our victories early, Gordon barely played in them. So look, I mean, what more do you need to know that maybe, maybe you should at least sit him down. I mean, that that's the thing. At least, at least sit him down. Like, there's nothing he's doing out there that I think is so incredible that merits him playing every second. In Frank's defense, we don't have a lot of options. So maybe that will take care of itself. Maybe. Um, but I also then don't like the narrative. Of people are like, oh, sell him immediately, you know, but we'll talk about that in a second anyway. Um, yeah. I, any last thoughts, Alex? Um, summary. Final yeah. parting thoughts here before we get into kind of the uh, the listener summary comments. No, I mean, overall, you know, it, it felt like a match that we needed to come into and win for various reasons. We were at Goodison Park. It's a newly promoted side, even though we've struggled against those sorts of sides in recent years. Um, Was Forrest know, great today? No, they, they weren't. They weren't really good. I, I'm going to be honest. They weren't. I mean, I, I thought it was, you know, it was more a factor of us being poor than it was them being solid in any, you know, in, in any, any way. But, uh. 
you know, a point is a point. It's something to build on. I think, uh, I, I think that we just need to see some, some movement in the market in the next 10 days. And I hope that it's the right movement, which we'll get into. So, so let's hop into, uh, some listener comments on what they thought about the match, um, from Twitter. The first one is Andy Cieja at Schmub. I like Frank, but I felt like today he just wanted to play with all his new toys. Onana doesn't need 40 minutes. McNeil isn't a center forward. The fact is, Rondon and Davies were playing well. Awobi is again the best player on the pitch by Country Mile. I mean, pretty much all things that we were both echoing for forever. I know I've tweeted like half of those things, you know, comments on Reddit as well. It's, I mean, it, all of those essentially check the boxes exactly how I feel. Yeah, I, I can't argue with any of that stuff. Um, Alan Brody at Brody in Maryland, proud Baltimore toffee. Um, Brody's a good man. Uh, missed opportunities throughout that game. Three points there for the taking. Gray, very bright. Uh, it will be no solid again and thought Davies put in a good shift. Wingbacks almost non-existent and McNeil was subpar in my humble opinion. Yeah. I, so what do we need to do to get the wingbacks in the game? And, and is it just like... Is there a reason maybe we shouldn't play this formation anymore? I mean, if they're not going to go forward or not be part of the attack. I mean, nobody's again, finding nobody is finding Patterson when he goes up. Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of it. But I mean, the other thing is, too, are we too exposed because we're not controlling the the ball? Um, what would it look like if we played a back four with three in midfield, maybe had a little more control? What do we think they'd get up forward any less? Yeah, I don't I, who knows? No, I, I don't know, but the problem is we don't have that base. We don't have that six that right. we can rely on that can get out there and cover for a fullback. So I, I think there's some there's some personnel issues that are dictating the formation a little bit and some injuries. I mean, look, let, let's be honest here. It's Everton. I get it. And maybe we're just used to the injury issue. But are you kidding me? Like this team looks different when you have Mina at center half where you don't have to play back three. Um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin up top. Decore looks, I mean, this <laughs> This is a big difference. People are like, oh, not a big deal. Alon, a healthy Alon. These are big differences. I would say Seamus Coleman, too, in a back four is even better. So I, I don't, they're still missing a lot of players. And I'll tell you what, Daly Ali, if he's gone, he's gone. That's fine. But you need to bring in more numbers up there because you looked at the bench. Other than pushing a Wobie up, which you can't if Alon's not healthy, Frank's a little bit hamstrung. So again, I, I'm not endorsing some of his decisions today, but he is, he is pretty, pretty limited. Um, I like Steven's next comment too, Alex, because it does speak a little bit to Forrest. Yeah. Steven Williams at Steven M. Williams said, Forrest, we're poor, which speaks volumes for our performance. Games we need to be winning, but ultimately didn't deserve three points. Unless we get new attackers in, then it's a long season. Um, and, and hopefully we are going to get a couple of attackers in over the next week or so. Yeah, that's what I get for making that comment and that yeah. not going to the, the, the listener <laughs> comment. So sorry, Stephen, you uh, I stole your thunder, which is ridiculous when it's written on our sheet. Um, let's go to Mark at old man in a bow tie. And if that's Mark's actual picture, which I don't think it is, it is indeed an old man in a bow tie. Um, Branding's on point. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's got that one down. I, I, I don't know what that's going to do for him, but he's there. Um, they don't seem to play. I should say this in old man voice. They they don't see, they don't seem to play with much intensity until the final 10 to 15. Actually, if it was an old man voice like my like grandfather, there'd be like 15 different cuss words in between. And this is a family <laughs> show. So um, that's what you grow up in Pittsburgh, Alice. That's what yeah. happens. Uh, all right. So they don't seem to play with much intensity until the final 10 to 15 minutes. It's infuriating. Also, didn't understand why McNeil wasn't starting. 
relatively new EPL Toffee fan, second season. What did I sign myself up for? I hope I didn't pick the Detroit Lions of soccer. <laughs> well, I don't think we're the Lions, but yeah, there's some pain involved. Sorry, Mark. Um, I, I don't know. I, I Yes, I would have started McNeil. I would have liked to see what Gray or, or Gordon would have done. Would have been a little extra quality if everyone's tired and he's out there. That being said, I don't know if the tired legs thing plays anymore with the amount of stoppages, especially with Henderson dropping dead every five minutes. What the heck was that? The stomping, like, what is, I don't know. I don't think it was a new dance move. But anyway, um, do you think we lacked intensity or is it maybe just not comfortable with what we're doing? Um, I, I think Anana maybe didn't seem as active as you'd like him to be, but I think that was kind of just maybe, you know, sometimes you don't know what the heck you're doing and how active can you be when you've got three center backs? I mean, the activity has got to come from those maniacs down the wide space and maybe you should have put Ruben in there for Mikalenko. I, I Was it an activity thing, Alex? Could he have changed more? What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think it's like all of the above, right? I, th- I think they could have been a little bit more intense. I mean, they just showed so much more desire after they conceded, which I think we've seen many times before. I also think a, lot, a big contributing factor is just the fact that the pace of the match slowed down quite a bit at certain points. Um, True. You know, and, and, and because of that, you know, <laughs> exactly. But all, all I have to say to Mark, the old man in a bow tie is I'm surprised you came back for this season. But Godspeed. Good luck. Um, may the force That's be a, with you. Uh, you it um, picks you, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and lastly, Christian Polanco. He said the team is so much better with Rondon on the pitch. Thought there was a lot of selfish play in the second half. Nottingham were bad, and all we needed was one extra accurate pass that never came. Too indecisive at times, frustrating at point, but glad we got a result. I think this is spot on. So there were several times today where we did have opportunities, whether it's in the final third and we took a shot. Remember, 12 shots in those two guys when maybe we could have played someone in or a little chip or a little dip or you know, and, and that require first of all, that does require numbers up front because if you don't see anything, but if you got your head down and look, Gray is just as guilty as this is Gordon. I think to an extent you get the ball, you put your head down and it's blind. I mean, that that's why if you look at Damari Gray, I mean, how well does he strike a ball with his right boot? Unbelievable, right? He can yep. shape the ball. How could his crossing accuracy numbers with the exception of last year be so terrible year over year? There's one reason and one reason only because it ain't his technique. It's his head's not up. And that's what happens. So both those guys are similar in that regard. And that's fine if other people are feeding you and you're making runs off the ball. And to Gordon's credit, he does some of that. Um, Gray does not uh, as much, at least. He's not an off the ball guy. He wants the ball played to his feet and he just dwells on it. I, I just think, look, the bottom line is we cannot continue with this three guys up top, even if it's Rondon up there, which I don't love him. And I don't think Frank wants someone a little more fluid, not as much a super purely back to goal guy, but we've got to improve in those two wide positions. And we, we've said it now for three weeks straight and people are like, don't play a Wobie there. Cause he's been good for us here. And what are you talking about? He was a left-sided player for Arsenal. And let me tell you what his numbers at Arsenal were better than any of the numbers he's putting up right now. And I don't understand. I mean, like, did you, it just drives me crazy, but I think that will help a little bit, but you still need someone to bang him in. So is McNeil the guy? Cause he can get on his left foot and a Wobie can feed him. I don't know, but there's still a numbers issue. So you need someone to come in from a wide space as well. Is Mikalenko a problem? I, I don't know. Do you switch him over at left center half and put Vinagre in and see how that looks? Maybe we'll see in the cut match. I don't know, but something has to change up there. I think a little more control might help, but again, you can't do that if You don't have the players in the midfield. And if Frank says, I love what Alex is doing right now, I got no problems. We're still giving up some goals. 
but then you need to replace those guys with super talent. And look, I'd be the happiest guy on the planet. And we'll talk about maybe some incomings if they could get a stud left-sided cutting inside player that can really be a game changer. I've no doubt we're looking for one. I can think of some names, but there were some rumors. Um, actually, before we get into that, let's wrap it up. One more thing. I, I don't, I think we've said everything that needs to be said. I think it's pretty disappointing, Alex. I think you wanted three points today. I get that the team's a little bit in flux. I know Frank's limited. I think he could have made some different choices today. I think we could have shown a little bit more quality. I wouldn't say we dominated. I wouldn't say they dominated. I think we maybe had the better chances. We could have won, but we didn't. I think a tie is a fair score, and I think we should be disappointed with that. I'm curious your take before we get into kind of what we do going forward. Yep, but I I do feel pretty confident that we're going to get much stronger as the season goes on, especially after some incoming. So I think that's a good segue, you know, to say the first name, you know, I'll bring up is Adrisa Ganagay, someone that we've been talking about probably the last couple episodes and it seems like the saga is is going further and further um not necessarily sure where it's at there have been rumors flying right you know it's still on it's still on you know the ghana and psg negotiations for some sort of termination um not sure what's dragging on for it but hopefully we can you know secure that move because you know i know a lot of people are upset about seeing mo kamara for example uh move and, that, you know, the whole argument, let's say, you know, let's go for a younger guy with more potential, not a 32-year-old central midfield. I get that. That's fine. But there aren't that many out there, unfortunately, at this point. This is like the summer of the sixes. You know what I mean? So many of them went. You see Shumani play just unbelievably well today for for Madrid. You, I mean, we had to run into Kamara at Villa. Like, there are a lot of good young defensive mids that went already so what are you going to do i mean casemiro just went for what like 16 million at his age that's how desperate people are for these players so to me gone is a complete game changer for this team it gives us adaptability flexibility it gives us another number in midfield that can play in a two and play in a four three three and play that defensive mid role i just don't know what's going on man and at one point you gotta you gotta do something You, you have to make it happen or make it not happen and move on and it's just crazy i mean i i just I don't know what to say about this. And the thing is, PSG's cast him off. Yep. We know they don't want him. So it's just hard to know. Is he negotiating for a severance package? Do we just need to pay a fee? I don't know what's going on, but it needs to get solved very soon. I will say this, though. I was pretty excited about the player we were linked. What was it? Yesterday, I guess. Kind of end of day. Um, I think there were some feeler out, feelers out earlier in the day. It's kind of gotten crazy with all the sorts of messaging now. But that's Mohamed Kudis from Ajax. Um, apparently we were in on him originally when he was at Norgelin, uh, and him and a couple other players too. They had a really good team. Um, I love him. I think he's fantastic. He has a lot of positional flexibility. Um, he gets on the ball. He's a little bit similar to Wobi in that way. Phenomenal athlete, 22 years old, had some injury issues, but they're all kind of all over the place. It's like broken rib. Like we're not doing MMA here like we're, we're playing football so I don't, I don't think I don't that's know really Nana an had that tackle earlier you might that could break <laughs> <God> some ribs <laughs> he got clobbered too at once too it's like what is going on uh an ankle injury kind of a meniscus thing a couple, uh, like two years ago but he played like every match for Norgelin so like I, I don't he's very athletic he gets really low like he has a very distinct style of play I really love him he's one of my absolute favorite players uh I was one of them so badly a couple years ago I think he makes this team a lot better he could play on the right wing, cutting inside. People say he's a 10. I mean, Paul Joyce is like, he's a number 10. Like I, His tweet was so, 
so many things I want to say, but um, no, he's more of a deep line player. So put it this way. If um, Frank wants to play that kind of four, three, three with kind of twin eight tens that can really get on the ball, he can definitely play that role. He's got some bite to him too. He'll kick someone who'll win tackles. I mean, he's not, he's not totally out of character as an eight. Some people suggested he can play defensive mid in the past. I don't, think he ever could nor would i want him to be when he was with norgelin before they used to play four three three he played out at right wing sometimes he even played center forward i don't think he can play center forward in the premier league but that's the type of adaptable player you're looking at i'll tell you what he is great under pressure he can possess the ball he can hold it the issues with dispossessions and not keeping the ball and taking care of it and valuing it he helps that tremendously i'd have killed to see him come off the bench today i think he could help really control the game um I hope we get it done. Uh, and by the way, did you see the reports out of like their telegraph saying that there was no formal offer and like, yeah, completely opposite of Romano and, and, and Joyce. And I think the ball El Bobble, right? So, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, Fab doesn't make up stuff. I mean, he's fed stuff and maybe the deal wasn't quite as far along as you're led to believe or else it'd be done by now. But are you kidding me? I mean, clearly there was an offer made. I mean, right. what are you talking about? I mean, and there were clearly, there were some people out in the Dutch press saying, I've never heard of it. No official at IAC can, can confirm any conversations took place. No, no. We just completely made up Mohammed Kudus up. I mean, come on. I, my guess is what happened is, is look, when something like that happens out of the blue, it was probably out of the blue for a reason. You know what I mean? Like they probably didn't want a lot of people to know. I mean, when I heard it, I'm thinking this is almost too good to be true. A loan to buy. Are you kidding? An option to buy. So I think the problem is now other big clubs that have money probably hear that and be like, oh, wow, I rated him. What's going on with him? And maybe the injury record will hold them away and push them away. But there's also people saying he scored four times in the last four matches. They were friendlies. Like, <laughs> hey, that counts. I mean, I, I mean it's kind of weird. It's like he's he's on fire in the league. No, he's not. But he's not playing that much. And uh, Ajax have kind of a log jam in midfield for some reason. I, I don't I think they like this younger kid, Taylor, and they took like Heis and a couple other guys are in there and Tadic, who's like one of their studs, they moved him into attacking mid, whereas he often would play off the left. So I think it's just a numbers game for him. I think he's available. So a lot of the Ajax fans, a lot of the Ajax fans on social media have been saying how disappointed they are to lose him. Felt like, you know, he looked like a really solid transformational player for the team when he did get minutes, but he didn't get enough minutes. And obviously, as you said, that was injuries and numbers. So, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see him come. I think it seems like a really good deal for us, especially just, to hit on the point about the loan, right? That's important for financial um, fair play regulations, our pursuit for a striker, right? So all of those things yeah. play together and it, it makes it even uh, seemingly a sweeter deal. So hopefully we can lock it up. And it sounds like we matched the bid for Morgan Gibbs Light. So, I mean, the point is there is some money out there. So we're not totally broke. We can make a move. Now, that being said, let's talk about the elephant in the room, Anthony Gordon. People are posting stuff about him applauding the fans at the end of the match. I mean, I feel like they do that every match. So I think that was a silly. I don't think there was anything notable there. Rumor is that Chelsea's going to come in with another bid. I'm still a little just flabbergasted that anyone would bid that amount of money for him. Not, not that he doesn't have potential and whatnot, but I mean, I think they're going to make a put it this way. It sounds like Chelsea are making advances with Bamiang now. Um, Barca may be playing tough but they've got to make a sale or two i would love to see brohan loan as kind of the sweetener and get all that solved um i mean if they if they get to 50 million you can't say no to that can you alex and we kind of hit this already on the pod but this would really if we can get business done quickly enough this could really make a big difference um it might not be able to make such an impact this year 
that we're going to transform the club or anything, but it could still get another player who's an impact player who's certainly better than Gordon right now. Maybe not quite as his ceiling. His ceiling is high. But I mean, think about having money going into the summer or in January, because I feel like the World Cup, there are going to be injuries. People are going to freak out and panic. You know, like I, I just true. This could be really important for us to get get right. And I like the fact that we're targeting these young, talented players. So I, I don't know how wh- where's your head at with Anthony Gordon? I mean, I wonder I don't know if I say this tongue in cheek or not. So maybe you can decide. But I wonder if it maybe it makes uh, it makes Frank's job a little easier in terms of team selection, because it doesn't. I mean, we've been saying it constantly. It doesn't really make sense that he's undroppable. Right. I, I think a lot of people are kind of catching on to that and saying making the same comment again. I'll say what I said the other day. And to and- his credit. To his credit, though, he responded and had a decent second half, too. I mean, you know, I, I, he deserves credit for that because I think after people are like subbing at the half. Yeah, but here's the problem, though. All of this is relative to where we want to be and where we should be. And sorry to say it, but that's Gordon's not it. And there are many players that we can get for one Anthony Gordon, apparently, that would improve us significantly, in my opinion. So yeah, I hate that just, attitude like you're giving up on the youth. Yeah, what I'm giving up on the about? youth that got us 17th last season. I don't I don't right. care. We should be we should be trying to get 8 to 10th. Yeah, and getting I mean, selling Gordon, sort selling Gordon does not prohibit us from investing in young players. Like is anyone sitting there right, is anyone sitting there in Arsenal and saying, "You know what? You needed to do a better job of bringing kids up from the academy." No one is saying that right now. No one. No one's ever saying, "Oh, you really shouldn't have let Josh De Silva go." No, they're kicking everyone's butt. You know why? They went out and bought young players. Seriously, how many of guys on that team are playing significant minutes from their academy? Saka. And that guy's like a borderline generational player. That's about it. Like Martinelli, no, he was bought. Like You know what I mean? So just because you sell Anthony Gordon is not some sort of cry that you're, oh, you're selling out youth. and you're No, you take that money, buy some good young players. I, th- I saw I mean, someone say it really well on, on Twitter the other day. I wish I could shout them out, but I can't. And they essentially said everyone wanted Everton to be run like a business until it gets time for Everton to be run like a business. And no one's, no, and no one's happy about it. Like, no one's like, oh, yay, I'm getting rid of like a top local lad prospect. Of course, we'd love for him to be it. And maybe he turns out to be a world-class player. And that's fine. That's okay. That also does not mean you don't make this move. I mean, truly. Uh, look, we got a match early in the next couple of days. I'm excited to see what happens for the cup match. I think it might be nice to go maybe bang a couple in and get, get the season kickstarted. And I think some signings could really make and change some of the attitude of the fan base. I'm optimistic, Alex. I don't know why I am. I just feel like there are some pieces here. There's just a couple really critical ones that we haven't gotten. We haven't made that many acquisitions to make the team better immediately, uh, I think. And that's the key, you know, so I, I think without sacrificing the future. Obviously, you want to invest in good young players. So a lot can happen in the next couple of days, and I think it will. I'm excited to find out what happens. I'm on edge. Um, I think that's all I got. Yeah, extremely excited. We'll obviously be coming to you uh, with a post-match episode after the cup match. Um, again, join our Discord, a really big, fun community, invite.gg slash ATP. Um, follow all our socials. And that is uh, all the links can be found linktr.ee slash USA Toffee Pod all in the description so you can find them below. We appreciate you listening and your continued support as always. And until next time, up the toffees.